Well, good day. This is Mike Rochelle here on Growing Solutions, and I'm excited to have my old friend and former boss twice, Ed Silva, here with me today. Uh, Ed, how are you doing today? Oh, very good, Mike. It's good to see you again. It's great to see you too, and it's great to be associated again um, in a new endeavor. That's um, right. We make it three's a charm. Yeah, exactly. You hired me out of industry in 1999 and moved me to Dallas to do CRM strategy and all kinds of fun things. And then we, um, when you were the president of CBiz, you asked me to be your marketing director and we kind of re-engineered that company and did some technology there too. Uh, so we have a fabulous yeah. history. Uh, you've been a blessing to my family. So it's really great to, to see you again. Well, likewise. Um, yeah. So, um, so Ed, after you and I had our experiences with the loyalty and CBiz, uh, you went on to run the business intelligence practice at HP and grow that to about $145 million business. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is uh, both you and I have done digital transformations over the years uh, for companies um, and uh, done the technology too. Uh, but some of the things that you learned at HP really changed the game for you. Um, and uh, I wanted you to kind of walk through uh, what you need to do. You know, so I think everybody that's in a larger organization today has had experience with business intelligence writ large. I mean, everybody's doing something, right? But for the mid-sized business, the 200 to $500 million business, they may not have somebody of your caliber on staff uh, to help them understand not only what the technology that you need to do, because we can handle that through other associates that we have, but why you'd want to do it and where the business case is and, and how to go about thinking of it from that perspective. So can you lay out, lay out that experience that you have and then also at a high level, uh, the way that you look at the world? Oh, certainly. Um, so at, at Hewlett Packard, I, I didn't start there um, as the head of the Americas analytics practice. In fact, after CBiz, uh, after a long career in CRM, I decided to switch gears and go into data and analytics. Uh, so when I joined a company called Knightsbridge Solutions, uh, and which was bought by HP within two months of me joining, uh, and uh, uh, I decided to kind of start and learn it from the bottom up. So I went in literally from president of CBiz Property Tax Solutions uh, to being, for all intents and purposes, a project manager again. Yeah. And I learned uh, from the bottom up how the data ecosystem works, uh, dealing with clients. In fact, uh, to your point, Hewlett Packard deals with mostly the Fortune 100, Fortune 200. Uh, uh, most often and so we were dealing with very large corporations who have spent a lot of time and money over the decades on data and yeah. what was really interesting about them is that they uh, even though they spent tens of millions of dollars of data they were still not achieving their goals with data and the main reason for that was that uh, when you're that large you know large IT organizations are just building out infrastructure, they're building apps, they're, 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 they're moving data around and then they're, they got big relationships with cloud providers and they move all their data to the cloud, but they've never really spent time thinking about how does this data help my bottom line? And, um, and so when we dealt with them at HP, we were kind of 
re, uh, re-engineering and re- rehashing how they were doing and adjusting what they were doing because they already had all the pieces in place already. Sure. Um, when I left HP and I started a new uh, data and analytics practice at Inspired Intellect, um, we went. We did have some big clients. Uh, I can't say we didn't because we had we had previous relationships with Amerisource Bergen, uh, FedEx, uh, Ma- Mastercard, companies uh, like that. Um, but, but the majority of our clients uh, started becoming more mid-sized companies who haven't really put the thought into how they're going to uh, leverage data and make it a, a organizational asset. Absolutely. Um, and so we had a shift a little bit of, you know, uh, they didn't have the right architecture technically. They didn't right. have the right business processes yet around managing data. And they didn't have the data strategy that would link your data investments, your analytic investments to corporate objectives. And that's the biggest difference uh, now when I do data strategies with companies is I want to start with the company itself, what it's trying to accomplish, um, what are its objectives in the next two to three years even, uh, right. or, or, five, or five year objectives, and then figure out how does data and analytics play into helping the corporation achieve those objectives. And once you have that discussion with the executives, everything you do after that is to meet those outcomes. Right. Uh, and we can go into that in much more detail. Yeah, so I, I have re-platformed companies, right, uh, into the cloud and, and all kinds of various scenarios, both as a director of IT and also um, in the, you know, from a consulting perspective, helping them utilize systems integrators. Um, what is the biggest challenge for a technical organization that's pretty small, right, and, and may not have all those building blocks to overcome in getting funding for an initiative uh, that would actually add value to the company? Um, the, the biggest challenge is, you know, IT is a expense, right, for the most, yep. you know, most, unless you're doing product development and things like that, that actually have revenue associated with it, right. uh, it it's an expense. So you have to, uh, and IT budgets are always capped or they're always controlled. So getting uh, capital uh, or, or additional, uh, operating dollars uh, to do projects like this is really hard because you have to be able to justify is how do I get my money back? Um, yeah. it, it, on, when you're re-platforming or you're doing complete process re-engineering, you could say I had 100 people before and now I'm doing the job with 50 people and here's your payback. Sure. Um, when you don't have a strong data uh, higher or infrastructure, I, wouldn't, I don't want to call it an infrastructure, but framework and, and resources to manage that. Right. Initially, you're just all you're doing is increasing cost. Right. Uh, so what you have to be able to do is look at the outcomes of your analytics projects and the use cases you're going to be implementing, and then how those use cases uh, impact your bottom line, whether it's uh, lowering cost or increasing uh, revenue. Um, that's where you have to get your 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 uh, your return on investment. And the only way you can do that is to have that conversation with the business and then be able to partner with them, you know, arm in arm to to transform how they do business. Remember, most companies, uh, they don't, they're not data driven. I mean, they have lots of data, of course, but they don't make decisions based on the data. And either it's because culturally they don't 
are not accustomed to that, or uh, they just can't do it because the data is not in a form that they can actually utilize it. Sure. Uh, so, so, the, so the real goal is helping companies become more data driven, uh, give them the right analytic solutions that make the right decisions yeah. uh, that improve their bottom line. Yeah. So um, in the last couple of years, I've been teaching at DBU and I've done a class called Prod DevOps. And it was basically, how do you create a product uh, and then develop it and operate it, right? So uh, the, the, the beautiful thing about what you're saying and the way that I've been talking about things is that uh, when you find a small use case, right, that actually has benefit, you can do a minimally viable product fairly easily, right. right? But if you do the work that you're talking about at the front end, then you can have more of a roadmap for what the potential next ones would be and things like that. And then you can productize that solution as a service to the business. And then as they start seeing the benefits of that use case coming to life and getting actionable data, right, then they get hungry for more. And then you can continue to build that product yeah. as a service into the organization. Uh, you know, first with your executives who have need and a use case that is obvious. And then over time, uh, continue to build it. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it, it makes perfect sense. And in fact, that's the ideal outcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not an easy outcome. And the reason right. it's not an easy outcome is because doing the analytic uh, work and coming up with the uh, the right algorithms that give you the right outcomes in a, in a development mode or a test mode is very different than operationalizing it. Right. And, and, and I've done in my career, I've probably done dozens and dozens of these proof of values or as you right. call, we call them, they have great results, but they don't, um, without operationalizing to operationalize something, you have to actually have uh, the applications uh, team involved. Uh, right. You have to have the business involved. You have to embed the analytics so that it operates uh, with automation. And that goes way beyond your your data analytics people, right? You gotta have sure. your apps people, you gotta have your business sponsors. And so if you can put those three together, as we call them three in the box, the apps, the data, and then the business, put those three together. Yes, you can accomplish what you said. Yeah. And then, and then from a budgeting perspective, the cool thing about it is that uh, since we use offshore resources for the build part portion of the strategy, you know, you have to actually, once you have it, do it. Uh, the, the cost of value is pretty good. Uh, and it's actually fairly phenomenal for, for people who have never utilized that model as well. So when you put together the three things that you're, you know, that we're talking about, which is the strategy that you've identified, the product management kind of a focus about how to how to deliver value and then set it up as an ongoing service that continues to add value and then prove it right, right? Um, and then using the offshore component to lower the actual cost so you have a high value low cost solution which is a perfect blue ocean strategy right it's the way yeah. um, that IT then can not only survive in, in difficult times but they can thrive so no, that's exactly right. Yeah. So Ed, do you have any final thoughts on uh, on this process that we've discussed today? 
No, I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's not a difficult process. Um, I mean, I, I've been doing this for over 15 years in the data and analytics sec sector by itself, and I've refined the process. So what we try to do is eliminate any activity that doesn't add value. So we try to get to the, um, uh, uh, deliver value as fast as possible. So these right. ex exercises only take a uh, matter of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before you have a roadmap that you can actually start implementing. Right. And and the and the the, uh, the the scrappy way that we deal with the data on the back end in the initial phases uh, uh, doesn't lay out the entire <laughs> architecture, but then you can build it as the value comes yeah. uh, into that yeah. operationalized, uh, beautiful yeah. thing that you're talking about. Well, you made an important point, and I'll leave you with this: is that uh, the days of a giant waterfall project, where you know, eight right. months, ten months later, you get something doesn't work. But when you're starting from scratch, there is a certain amount of foundational work that has to get done. Right. So the, the goal is get your foundational stuff work done, but always have an MVP use case, right? An MVP yeah. is not I have data in the cloud. That's not an MVP. MVP right. would be I have I have a business use case that we can that we can. Uh, production now put it into production uh, right um, in a short period of time uh, you know of course with some foundational uh, infrastructure and architecture and being in the cloud makes that a lot easier exactly and then you and I both have experience in doing that at scale uh, but you like you said you have to start small so right. uh, Ed, this has been a phenomenal conversation today I appreciate you coming on to growing solutions and I look forward to chatting with you next time Oh, great. Good seeing you again, Mike. Uh, yeah, good seeing you too. Thanks. Bye-bye.